Thank you, Matt. Well, again, it's good to be with you this morning. As we're in this Lenten series, uh, as we lead up to Holy Week, we are, uh, in a sense, looking at some of the practices or disciplines that Jesus gives to his followers as we follow him, uh, Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. He gives us patterns. He gives us ways of living and growing in our relationship with him. Not that we get more love from him, because you can't. He already loves you more than anything you could do, but rather we are becoming more attuned to his presence, to his love, and more, more familiar with what he calls us to in this life. And so he gives his followers practices. Uh, sometimes they're called spiritual disciplines uh, in the life of followers of Jesus, and we've been looking at a few of them in this season of Lent, and we kicked it off a couple weeks ago by looking at this idea of surrender to Jesus, that, that fundamentally following Jesus is surrendering all of ourselves to him, that, that giving him that ultimate place of authority and control over our lives. And last week we talked about prayer and about, you know, what it is and what are the things we're allowed to pray for, so to speak, or how to pray, and ultimately, like, who we're praying to. And Jesus gives us those, those words of, of the, the Lord's Prayer to help guide us in our own prayers. And this week, we look at, if you could kind of pick it up from the Scripture reading, but also from the children's message, today we're talking about um, the Scriptures and about reading and, for kind of old-school Lutherans, reading and inwardly digesting the scriptures, taking it in and letting it kind of like soak into our very selves. And, and this is the thing that Jesus calls his followers to be about. Really the thing to take away, and if you're going to take anything away and you listen to this and you're like, great, I could tune out uh, for the rest of the message, Pastor Andy, thank you. It's this, Jesus calls his followers to take every opportunity to take in his word. Jesus calls his followers to use every opportunity to take in his word, his scriptures. And that's all you take away? Great. You took away the main point, and you're like, great, Pastor Andy, I'm out. See you later. <laughs> going to beat the rush. But hopefully you stick around, because we'll dive into that and, and, uh, and, and see the, the breadth and see the depth of what Jesus calls us to. But I want to begin by asking you this question, or at least stating a simple fact of life. And the truth that we all know and that we all live out, even if we don't ever say it, is this, that we become what we take in. We become what we take in. So, like, you could think about that in terms of what you eat, and that's maybe the first place you think of is like, hey, what's the, the food that you eat regularly, and what's your diet plan, so to speak? And, and you could think about it in that standpoint of what are the things I'm literally putting into my body for food and nourishment, and and you could look, like, are they generally good things or are they generally, like, maybe not so healthy things? And, and your doctor will, will definitely tell you, like, hey, the diet you have is definitely going to shape how your body grows and, and what happens to your, your physical body. What you take in is what you eventually become. But, but today we're not talking about food, are we? We're talking about, like, all of the other things we take in in our life. The, the books you read, the podcasts you listen to, the TV shows you watch, the people that you surround yourself with that you give priority to their input and whatever it is, like, what are the things you're taking in? 
Like, what's the inventory? If you're to kind of look through your day, your week, what are the sources of the things you're taking in? And here's where I'm willing to bet that if you're to look over the span of a good length of time and you look at the biggest things that you're taking in, by and large, you are becoming like them. For good or for not so good. Like what you take in is eventually what shapes who you become. And so thinking of that, Jesus comes to his followers, to you and me, and he says this, you are to be people who above anything else take in my word so that that is the thing that shapes you primarily, that that is the the thing that has real estate in your heart and your mind because something is going to shape you. There's no way of checking out and being like, I will not be shaped, I will not be influenced. You are. You will. The question is, what are you allowing to have that priority in your own life? And Jesus says, for followers of Jesus, he says, let it be his word. Let this be the thing that you are are taking in and letting it shape you for the rest of your life. And so with that being said, um, today, this morning, and if you're a note taker, this is for you guys. Some of you guys are like, yes, I love taking notes. I wrote this sermon for you, okay? If you're not a note taker, then just mentally take things out, or maybe today just become a note taker for a little bit. You can take out your phone. Yes, it's okay. Just please, you know, try not to be looking at too many uh, sports scores right now, or at least filling out your bracket quite yet, even though the brackets aren't ready. Um, but you can take out your phone, take notes, but, but I would encourage you to take notes and take, take mental stock, because what we're going to talk about this morning is what are some of the postures that followers, of Jesus ha- that followers of Jesus have as we engage the scriptures? What are the postures? And then, then we'll talk a little bit about what are the practices? Like, what do you do when you actually want to read it? Postures and practices, all right? So here are four postures that, that Jesus calls us to have with the scriptures. The first is this, that, that followers of Jesus go to the scriptures to see things rightly. Think about it this way. Think about turning the lights on. That's what followers of Jesus turn to the scriptures for, is to see things as they actually are. Or in other words, to see things from God's perspective. Because we believe that he's the one who sees the world, who sees me, who sees everything in the way it should be seen. And so we go to the scriptures wanting his perspective, wanting the lights turned on. Or as Psalm 119 puts it, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a what? A light to my path. Some of you guys are familiar with that. The scriptures are meant to illuminate, meant to show us what is actually going on in our world. It really what it does is it li- it's like a good parent with their young children. Now, I'm very much in this phase of life right now, and maybe you are too, or maybe you were, but when you think about parents with young children, a huge part of what your job is is helping them see things accurately. So, so our daughter, Andre, is just at the age where she loves asking for things, and, and for a while now, she just thought, I ask for it, and it appears. <laughs> and we have to now train her, like, hey, like, we don't just make things appear. Like, we work, <laughs> we get paid money. <laughs> We then take that money, 
Go buy the things and then present them to you. So there's a whole chain of things that happened between your request and you getting it. And guess what? Sometimes you won't get what you're asking for <laughs> because it takes money. And it's like, well, we don't have the money for that right now. And so it's helping her learn how things actually happen. Now take that and apply it to your own life. We, when we have questions, when we bump up against things that maybe we have, we're uncertain about, or just thinking about our lives in general, what we do is we turn to the scriptures and say, let me turn here to help show me how things really should be in my life and the world around me. Let me turn to God's word to illuminate and show how should I view this thing? How should I approach this? That is what we turn to the scriptures about. And, and I think about it this way too. I think about it in terms of like becoming fluent in like a language. Now some of you, if you learned a second language and maybe you eventually became fluent in it, a sign of becoming fluent in it isn't just you know how to say all the right things. That's a part of it, but actually the sign when you become fluent in a language is when you can listen to somebody else talk and you recognize, yeah, that's not quite right. Like, if you grew up learning English, which I think most of the people in this room, our mother tongue is English, when you hear someone say something, you, sometimes you're like, oh no, that's not quite right. And you may not even know why it isn't right, but you have something in you that just knows well, yeah, that's not quite how you would, you would phrase it or you may have to change the language or whatever it may be. That is when you know you are fluent in a language. And so take that idea and when you immerse yourself in God's word and you interact with things in the world or you kind of uncover things in yourself and something sets alarm bells off of, I don't know if that's quite right. That is, that is a marker of becoming immersed in the scriptures, and you may not even know why it isn't right, but it helps you discern, I need to dig deeper into this. I need to think more about this. I need to, to, to go deeper into God's word and maybe ask something else about this. That's what this does by illuminating truth. All right, second posture. We don't just go to it to see things rightly or go to it for truth. Christians also have the posture of viewing the scriptures as the ultimate authority in our lives. Really, when you think about it, there's two ways of approaching scripture. One way is, is approaching scripture where we are, we are above scripture and we come to it and, and we have it submit to us. When there's something unclear, when there's something that, that we don't agree with, something is going to win out. It's either it or us. And, and the posture of us over Scripture says, whatever my view is or whatever kind of the common view of our day is, that wins out. Or, and this is the way Jesus invites us to go, is saying, we are underneath the Scriptures. That this is the authority in our life and that that even if, we're un, not, if we don't quite understand, or even when we bump up against something where we're like, man, I struggle with that, we ultimately have a posture of saying, I'm going to lean into this, and I may have questions, I may have doubts, I may disagree, but I'm going to, to ultimately say, this is God's word, though, and it's going to have priority in my life. And let me just tell you, like, that is a very difficult process. Like, 
There sometimes aren't super easy black and white answers, but it's about the posture and about the aim of our life saying, who is the authority of of what is right and wrong for me? And I think in our day and age, for a lot of people, maybe people in this room, maybe even if you're a Christian, you've thought to yourself, well, I'm the authority. Like, we're Americans after all. I determine what's right and good for me. And I think this is going to be one of the distinguishing marks of Christians now and into the next handful of years in the Western world, is Christians are going to be the people who say, I'm not the one who's in charge of my life. I'm not the source of of authority, even for my own life. And we're going to stand out, and we're going to be looked at as weird and strange, but we're going to say, no, I actually, I submit to God's word even above myself. And it's hard, and it's difficult, but it's a lifelong process of seeking that posture, of submitting ourselves to God's authority. Thirdly, so we, we turn to it for truth, We submit ourselves under its authority, but also we read the scriptures with a a heart of faith, a heart of trust. I think about it this way. If you go into a store uh, to buy something, and maybe it's a car, or maybe it's some sort of thing, and there's salespeople there, um, and you find them out, well, you don't actually have to find them out. They will find you, all right? You know what I mean? Like, they will find you, and they will approach you, and they will strike up a conversation with you. Would you say that your heart towards them and their conversation as you listen to their words, is, is it a heart of faith or is it a heart of, of skepticism? I, I think by and large for many people, we would say it's a little bit more skeptical than a heart of faith. Just, hey, whatever you say, I'm going to believe. Like it's, it's, maybe it's a little bit of that, but, but I think it's a lot of skepticism, a lot of question of like, I got to take this with a grain of salt. I don't know if I can trust this. I got to take it and digest it. I got to go get another like two or three or four other opinions before I do this. Now compare that with, if you're married, compare that with your spouse or, or a close family member or a close friend. And you have a conversation with them. Would you say you have a heart of, of trust in them or a heart of skepticism towards them? I think much more we have a heart of trust towards them. We, we listen to their word by and large, unless they kind of show something that's like, man, I don't know if I can trust you, and then that kind of changes the game. But, but by and large, for the people that are closest to us, we don't approach them with a heart of skepticism. We approach them with a heart of faith because we trust them. Now, that doesn't mean that, that you never ask questions. So, like, applying this to how we read the Bible. Jesus invites us to approach it with a heart of faith. Because whose word ultimately is this? It's ultimately God's word. And so it's about trusting him. It's about having a a level of, a heart of trust in him and the word he's given to us. But that doesn't mean, well, I can never ask a question or never disagree or never have, have something that makes me uncomfortable. No. Just like with the person in your life you love and you trust, do you ever have questions for your spouse? You better believe it. Husbands, we never do. We never question, right? That's the right answer. But no, but even in those people that you love and trust, they say something, they do something, and you may be questioned, like, hey, I don't know about that. Let's talk about this. It's not meaning there's no questions, but there's a posture 
of trust, of knowing that this person's word for me is good for me, and I work with them through, through difficulty or struggle. And so take that and, and apply it to how you read God's word. For many people, we approach it with, with inherent skepticism. We're looking to pick out, well, this isn't right, this isn't right, but but God invites his followers to say, I'm going to approach this with a heart of trust. It's not never asking questions, but it's about recognizing, man, this comes from a God who loves me, who wants what's best for me, who's there for me, and, and I can bring my questions, I can bring my concerns and know that he will hear them and listen to them and help me navigate through them, even if I never get a satisfactory answer, which sometimes happens. But we trust in him as we read his word. It's a heart of faith as we engage the scriptures. But fourth and last posture is this, that we go to the scriptures and above all, we expect to receive Jesus. This is really the whole point of the Bible. Sometimes people think the point of the Bible is, well, help me do kind of the the right thing as opposed to the wrong thing. Or help me you know, kind of make wise decisions, or, or we, we go to the Bible and we look for the, all of these things, which, which aren't bad, but, but that isn't what the Bible was given for us. It wasn't a how-to manual. It wasn't a manual of, hey, here's how to live your best life. Here's how to do things the right way. Are all of that in it? Yes, but that's not what it's fundamentally about. It's like if you've ever seen The Little Mermaid, which I know is like, where are we going, Pastor Andy? Bible, Little Mermaid, what's going on? If you remember from Little Mermaid, Ariel, when she is on land and she's seeing the the human things, she comes across a fork, but she does not call it a fork, does she? What is she told it is? She says, this is a dinglehopper. Anybody remember that part? Yeah, a couple of you guys. Yeah, dinglehopper. And what are dinglehoppers used for? Yeah, Heather's with me. Combing your hair. Now, if you grabbed a fork and you started combing your hair with it, could you use it in that way? You could. It's got the functionality of it, but is that what a fork was made for? No. Fork was made for what? Getting food in your mouth. (laughs) So you didn't have to get your hands all dirty. That's what it was made for. In the same way, when we approach the scriptures, the reason we have it is to point you to Jesus Christ, and to strengthen you in him, to have your hope centered in him. And so when you know that and you approach the scriptures, you're not fundamentally asking, God, show me how to to do the best thing in my life right now. We go to the scriptures and say, God, help me see Jesus. Help me see who he is. Help me see my need for him. Help me see the hope I have in him. And as you read the scriptures, whether it's in Genesis or Revelation, it's all pointing to him. It's all centering and and putting your hope in him. His life for you, his death for you, his resurrection for you, all of it is pointing to him. And I read this earlier to the children, but I want you to hear it again. Because John, when he wrote this, he really meant it. 
John chapter 20, verse 30 to 31. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. John's like, we could, go, we could be here all day long and keep writing and writing and writing. But these are written. This is the purpose we wrote these down so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, your Savior, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. That is why we have the scriptures, to point us to Jesus as our hope, so that when we're confronted with our sin, we run to God's word and we see his forgiveness. When, when we're living our life our way, God's word comes to us and it calls us out, not because it wants to make us feel bad, but because we need to address that there's a problem in me and I need Jesus, but, but the amazing news is he meets us in our need forgives us of our sins and conquers our death and gives us life now and forever. And so when we read the scriptures, we come to it and say, help me see Jesus. Help me see Jesus. Which is easier in some places. Like if you read the genealogies, you might be like, where am I seeing Jesus in this? But listen, we'll sit down and I'll I'll help you see. It's all pointing to him. But here's what I want to conclude with. I want to conclude with with a couple quick practices. So again, if you're a note taker, jot these down. The first practice of reading God's word to take it up, to take it in, first, make sure you get a translation that you actually can understand. Like seriously, some of you are reading like translations and you're like, I don't know what the heck is going on. Find a translation that you can understand. There's so many of them and nearly all of them are, are quality and good. Find a translation you can understand so that you can take it in. Secondly, you want to you gather resources as you read God's Word. And you want to know what the best resource is as you read God's Word? The best resource above anything else is God's people. Above anything else, surrounding yourself with other followers of Jesus and reading His Word, not in isolation, but together in a Bible study in your family, in a group, whatever it is, but surrounding yourself with God's people. That is the resource you need more than anything else. Because we're not meant to, to read this alone, but to read this together. But if you're looking for online resources, the one I recommend above anything else is called Bible Project. It is so, so good. They have hours and hours and hours of content. The Bible Project, you can look it up. They've done like everything in the Bible pretty much and they're still putting more stuff out. So if you're looking for an online resource, they've got podcasts and blogs and they've got videos, all the stuff. Bible Project. But lastly, I want to encourage you that you should have a process that you can do easily and often. Because that's really what's going to help you read God's Word consistently. Whether you've been doing it your whole life or you know you should be doing it, but you, you're like, where do I even start? Having a process that you can do easily and often will help you. And so here, remember this word, soap. Soap. And that's your process. Stands for four things. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. So you read the scriptures, whether it's a chapter or a handful of verses. Read it a few times and let it sink in. And then as you read it, make some observations. What do you notice? What are things that stand out? What are questions? What are the things you observe? And jot it down or take note of it. 
make an application to your life then of, of what does this mean for me? So if, if I'm observing this, how do I apply this to my life? How does this comfort me? How does this challenge me? What is this calling me to do? Apply it in your life and then close it with prayer, whether you write out a prayer or you simply say a prayer. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And you can do that as often as you read God's Word for as long as you, as long as you can. And as you do that, you're taking in God's Word. And what happens with the things we take in is we become them. Because what you take in is what ultimately you will become. So I want to ask you the same question I asked at the beginning. What are you taking in? Who are the people you're listening to? What are the TV shows you're watching? What are the podcasts that are in your ears? What are you taking in? And Jesus invites his followers, above all else, to take in his word as often as we can. And he will transform us, our heart, our mind, our very selves, more and more into his image. Amen.